0: A reading from Ephesians chapter 2. So Jesus came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus Himself as the cornerstone. <clears throat> in Him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also built together spirit- spiritually into a dwelling place for God. Here ends.
1: Personal point of privilege. Hey, it's fun to have Dr. Pam Brubaker back with us. (laughs) Yes. She is one of our retired religion faculty and one of the great peace and justice activists in the world today. And so we thank you for your ministry. I have two stories I want to share with you today. It happened during a time of great turmoil in our country in the 60s. All around the country, racial tensions were escalating. Dr. Martin Luther King and President Kennedy both killed. The Vietnam War split our national spirit and raised all kinds of questions of conscience and conviction. Hoping against hope that teenagers could build bridges of hope across ethnic boundaries and culture, the old American Lutheran Church planted a series of encounter schools. This was very 60s. It was groovy. In one such encounter, a group of black teenagers from the north side of Chicago gathered for a week-long conference with a group of teenagers from the southern part of Wisconsin. They were together for a week of dialogue and hope and sharing. It was a great idea, and one in which the facilitators had high hopes. But it was not working. During the meetings... The white kids sat on one side of the room, and the black kids sat on the other. At mealtimes and worship occasions, it seemed as if there was this invisible dividing wall separating them. The black kids said the white kids were being phonies, being polite to their faces but dismissing them behind their backs. The white kids said that the black kids were being rude and standoffish with chips on their shoulders. No one seemed to notice Peter, a young adult from Wisconsin. Peter was blind. He had been blind since birth. Not that that seemed to limit him. He had a little bicycle that he would ride around his small community in Wisconsin. He was even known to be a guide for a canoe trip in their local river. He swamped the canoe many times, but he kept paddling. It may have been that the other teens thought that Peter was not only blind, but he couldn't hear. Perhaps they thought he was deaf because they would say things with an earshot of him that I don't think any of us would be proud to hear. Peter heard every put-down, every racial slur. He listened to that which was said underneath the words, and he heard voices of fear, insecurity, lack of trust, and just plain ignorance. The weight of the week grew on him. At dinner one night, Peter rose, from that round, kind of campy table there in the dining hall. And when he did so, the room kind of hushed. Do you know what you are doing, Peter said? You're letting anger and fear ruin this week. And then he said some things about how God wanted them to tear down the walls and to be light in the world. He said that if folks in the church couldn't encounter each other in a spirit of dialogue and openness, well, then the whole wide world was doomed. The room hushed. It could have gone either way. But after a few moments, a tall kid from Chicago stood up, his very stature commanding attention, and he said, the blind kid, the blind kid is the only one here who can see. The transformation, the recreation, well, it wasn't automatic, but it did start. Forgiveness started to be asked for and received. The teens began to speak about their tears and the barriers that they had experienced within their local communities. And in the end, you could feel a spirit of rejoicing, not because they were ignoring their differences or their attitudes, but because they had encountered each other and the heart of their faith. Three weeks ago, at a 3G network training session, the CLU students who were gathered in a room played a game. Now, I know this was a game that some of them had learned at a diversity treat sponsored by International Multicultural Programs Office. The game was called, If You Only Knew Me. In this experience, the members of the body gathered each after that open-ended question, if you only knew me, you would know that. And then they they just share their histories, their orientations, their convictions, their successes, their challenges, and everyone else sits in silence and listens with attention. Oh my goodness, we were playing this intimate game, and it was only the second time this group had gathered. The group, some of them knew each other, some maybe were even roommates, but others we're Australians. Strain- Australians, that's a combination of strangers and aliens. Some of them were strangers to each other. And sure, all of us were CLU, but that doesn't mean you have an automatic intimacy, does it? I felt pretty cautious that night, and I was a little fearful. Did we have a sense of safety among this group that was just being formed? Would each group member respect and honor the personal sharing across divisions that might occur? But the game began. I wasn't in charge and they didn't ask my permission. If you only knew me, you would know that. And then the group leader kind of started to share. And then each of us in turn, all 16 of us shared and told things about our life that I don't think we really planned on sharing. And after each person spoke, our group leader asked us to pray together. And we did so with deep appreciation and gratitude for the similarities and the differences among us. A new community was being formed. We knew some information about each other, the color of our hair, maybe our eyes, which among us wore glasses. Yet as we spoke, a dividing wall was being broken between us. We knew something of each other's histories and pains and deep yearnings and celebrations. You could feel a spirit of connection, of koinonia, not because we were making light of our differences, our histories, but because we had encountered each other and something deep in our faith. The heart of the Christian faith speaks to the conviction that God, in the person of Jesus Christ, has broken down every barrier that exists between us through his life, death, and resurrection. Jesus is that barrier-breaking presence that brings reconciliation where there are great divides. This conviction compels the writer of the book of Ephesians to proclaim that we are no longer strangers or aliens, but are citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. I think that what Peter, that kid from Wisconsin, and what Jay, the 3G network student intern, what they're doing is calling people to encounter each other in a spirit of openness and peace. They're asking us to tear down the walls that separate us from each other They're inviting us to welcome and acknowledge our histories, both the things that bring us together and the things of which we are filled with shame, and especially those things where we have treated each other with ignorance and pain. And they're calling us also to be light in the world. This week is Hispanic Heritage Week at CLU, and students from the Lasso Club have been hosting events for students and staff. They're sharing from their rich culture and tradition, their food and their dance. They are barrier-breaking students, calling us to encounter each other in a spirit of dialogue and openness. Tonight, the first Come Together Now event will be held in the Chapel Narthex bringing students from different faith traditions and value convictions together to talk about a concern in the world. And they are barrier-breaking students, calling us to encounter each other in the spirit of dialogue and openness. Events like like these speak to me of some of the core convictions of a place like Cal Lutheran, that we do believe in the dignity of every person that we engage the whole world in its diversity, that our diversity is something to be treasured and fostered, and that ultimately we are better together when we are no longer strangers and aliens, but members, citizens with the saints, and members that is the household of Cal Lutheran. The Jewish poet and philosopher Noah Ben Shea has said that Understanding is living in a house where every room has a point of view. Today, let's celebrate this big house, this big, big house, which is the gift of our community at Cal Lutheran. Amen. Today, we want to thank the Women's Chorale for being with us and singing. There are two soloists that we will uh, encounter and meet today one is Samantha Winter and Kirsten Fuchs. Thank you.
2: pray. For the members of this community, that we may find ways to help build a world of respect for human life and culture, we pray to God, oremos al Señor. Señor, ten piedad. For the earth that will be inspired by God's Spirit to protect all of creation, we pray to God, oremos al Señor. Señor, Señor, ten piedad for workers around the world, especially children, who work long hours for little pay, that we might all seek ways to promote fairness, justice, and dignity in their lives, we pray to God. Oremos al Señor.
3: Señor, ten piedad.
2: For leaders around the world, that they may find ways to bring an end to war and violence and promote peace and development for all nations, we pray to God. Oremos al Señor. Gather our prayers together and hold us in love. Amen. Please stand for the blessing. The Lord be with you El señor con ustedes. and with your spirit. Let's try that again. There's more parts than you're used to we know. We ready? The Lord be with you. Señor esté con ustedes. Uh, I'll speak, and/or will speak, and then it's your turn. Here we go. The Lord be with you. Señor esté con ustedes. And with
3: your
2: the blessing of Almighty God descend upon you. De Dios sobre Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.